episode 28. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. So this episode, I wanted to share with you something really personal that's going on in my life with my mom and her care. My mom is 95 and a half (laughs) and uh, she's quite a lady and I wanted to share with you a real life story of long-term care and the activities of daily living, how they factor in and options for your family, a great resource for you to call because I'll tell you, this really snuck up on my family uh, because my mom's been in great health for so long she was about 92 or 3 when she broke her hip she was living on her own driving a car dancing doing 40 push-ups a day walking daily running a business had a boyfriend I mean she just had a really full life and then one day uh, she went outside and stepped off the sidewalk the wrong way fell and broke her hip And from that day, it's been a little bit of a difficult journey. She went to a rehab facility for her hip, and they worked with her very well. But what was interesting was there are people, elderly people there, who weren't aging as well as she was, and they were so amazed that she was in such great health that they kept saying, you shouldn't be like this at your age, you know, and how are you like this? And It was kind of interesting. The mental side of that stay was, I think, somewhat negative because they really couldn't believe the great condition that she was in compared to most other people her age. But she just had always taken really good care of herself, had always, um, you know, tried to stay off of prescriptions, although she has always taken a blood pressure medication, but pretty much stayed off of other prescriptions. She tried to find natural cures if she could. Uh, She always ate well, took vitamins, you know, those kinds of things. So, I mean, I'm not a super duper healthy eater in terms of, you know, she loved candy and she still would, you know, occasionally have a glass of wine or something like that. So, I mean, not super strict by any means, but just a real moderate lifestyle. So mom was you know, just in great health. And we used to call her the Ever Ready Bunny because honestly, there were times that she would have more energy than even her children. She could just go and go and go. And uh, so it was just, you know, really interesting to watch her in action and see her still living such a full life in her 90s. And then breaking this hip was really sort of a turning point for her where things really changed and uh, you know she did recover and she did move home to her home uh, on Mercer Island near Seattle and she would be uh, going to the desert in the winter down in California so uh, 
she did that and we noticed this last time that she came down that really she, there, she was having some trouble being on her own and functioning on her own. She wasn't eating meals quite right. She was having trouble with getting dressed a little bit more. Uh, she started having some symptoms of congestive heart failure. She um, just, you know, had some difficulties. So long story short, things started to go downhill. She ended up in the hospital a few times and we ended up getting a caregiver to come during the day to take care of her. Well, over time, then that morphed into two caregivers during the day, and then that morphed into round-the-clock caregiving. So, you know, it was just, it turned into quite a lot of expense, and it was running around $13,000 a month, and we realized that was not a long-term situation that could be maintained. She had fabulous care. We loved the caregivers. She loved the caregivers. They were terrific. It's just that that was not a long-term sustainable solution. So we looked around to find some other places that might work for her. And one thing we knew from talking with her was she did not want to be in an institution of any sort. She did not want to be, you know, in, um, any kind of big building, assisted living, uh, Medicare kind of situation, just locked away with a bunch of old people um, in a very large, you know, institutional feeling place. And so we were sort of, you know, stuck a little bit at what to do because we couldn't leave her where she was one-on-one, -on -one, but we couldn't put her into any kind of institution so what do you do well we talked with different caregivers and we we got some connections we also got a resource called a place for mom that's a place you can call and wherever you are in the country they can research what are uh, places that fit your description of what you want and what you're looking for so for us what we wanted was we wanted a smaller home of maybe six residents and maybe two or three caregivers that looked after those residents that they would prepare her meals, they would take care of her, they were skilled and licensed caregivers, but uh, she wouldn't have to have the one-to-one -one care. Now, we had that luxury because mom still had pretty good cognitive skills. She did have a little bit of forgetfulness and from time to time it would get worse. And maybe that's partly dementia, I don't really know, it wasn't diagnosed. But, you know, from time to time, her, her, her thinking would not be clear, and she had a hard time, for example, at times remembering how to use her cell phone or, uh, or even being able to really handle a conversation without getting confused. So there was a lot of confusion at times. She also had some small strokes and at times couldn't walk very well and had to use a walker. So these were all sort of things we were dealing with, and as well as at one point being put on blood thinners by her doctor and then anytime there was a fall we'd have to go to the emergency room and stay there for four to six hours to make sure and test and and be positive that she was okay and wasn't didn't have any internal bleeding from these blood thinners which were given to her to prevent strokes so there was a lot going on and eventually what we decided to do is take her off of all extraneous medications except for 
those like her blood pressure medication that she needed to live, but anything that wasn't absolutely necessary, like these blood thinners, we took her off of those things. And her health improved a little bit. Uh, she was up and down with, with her health and sometimes being able to walk better, sometimes not. Uh, it, it was really an up and down ride. There was, there's no straight line in terms of, you know, getting better or getting worse. It's kind of an up and down path, which direction you go. So uh, it was just a day by day kind of a thing. And so we would have to deal with these crises that came up day by day. But um, what was clear was that there were uh, there was a, a deterioration overall in her ability to take care of herself. So those uh, are called activities of daily living. And the six activities of daily living are eating, showering, dressing, continence, toileting, and transferring. So those six things really are uh, what you look at when you're considering care about your parents and considering how much care do they need? What kind of a facility can they live in? And before paying benefits, insurers usually require certification by a physician or licensed healthcare practitioner that they cannot perform certain activities of daily living because of physical or cognitive impairments. And most long-term care policies will pay benefits when you can't do two out of the six activities of daily living, but this number is determined by your policy. So in our case, we didn't have an insurance policy. Um, mom has a substantial income and assets, so we're fortunate that way. But she did have a situation where uh, she had two out of the six activities of daily living that were very difficult for her. So for example, if your parent isn't able to eat by themselves or isn't able to shower and eat or shower and dress or go to the bathroom by themselves or you know, transfer into a car or into um, you know, any kind of area that can be a problem with an activity of daily living. So. Uh, those are the things to watch, those six things, bathing, continence, dressing, eating, toileting, and transferring. So those are the key things to pay attention to. And in addition to that, the cognitive side is very important too because if they're having cognitive issues, then that's going to restrict where they can be. If, for example, they have Alzheimer's, they're going to be in a different facility than someone that has light mental um, you know, forgetfulness or confusion. So you're going to be looking at their cognitive situation as well. But again, we didn't have coverage. If you do have coverage of your parents, you'll want to be talking about the activities of daily living. Um, you know, if they can wash themselves by a sponge bath or in a tub or shower, and they can get in and out of the tub and shower, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's all around that activity of daily living. Uh, the continence is the ability to maintain their functions, to, to go to the bathroom, and if they're unable to maintain those um, or unable to perform associated personal hygiene, then uh, that can be an issue with continence. With dressing, it's putting on and off clothing and necessary uh, braces or if there were artificial limbs or anything like that, buttoning buttons, tying shoes, those kinds of things. Um, eating would be eating without the aid of another person and, you know, able to, um, you know, eat 
for themselves without having to have a person feed them or cut their food, etc. Um, so, you know, those kinds of things are um, the things that you want to um, be aware of. Of course, um, toileting and transferring are the last two items. So anyway, those six make up the activities of daily living. And so when mom decided that she didn't want to be in a nursing home institution, we really had to put our heads together and try to figure out where we could put her that wouldn't be so expensive and would be within her means. And we had remembered that uh, there was a place where our dad had been that was a smaller kind of resident situation. So we started looking at that and again got in contact with the place for mom. Uh, we were able to find a residence that has basically like six rooms with bathrooms inside the room. So you have your own ensuite bathroom and some nice privacy and shower there in your room. And then uh, you have common areas of the kitchen, living room, dining room, etc. So it was kind of fun where these licensed and skilled caregivers would play bingo with them and you know, do different activities with them, cook meals for them three times a day. And it was running around 3,500 a month. So a lot more reasonable and, um, and yet good care, a good ratio of caregiver to patient. And um, so that's what we decided to do. We moved her to uh, a nice little house in the desert and she's nearer to us and um, she's getting good care and the interesting thing is we have no idea why but she's doing so much better she's actually clearer less confused she's able to use her phone on her own and call people and have a real conversation and remember things and she's able to walk well without a walker she's doing really really well and so we don't know there's no additional medication or any change of medication that's happened so we're not sure exactly what all this is from but we're very pleased to see it and she's doing extremely well so it might be that she is uh, more around you know socialized with other people not so isolated I don't know but we're really, really glad to see that she's doing well in this new environment. So um, what's interesting, too, is at nighttime, rather than having the person stay with her 24 hours at night, uh, we have a sort of like a baby monitor situation where when she gets up out of bed, some kind of alarm is triggered and the caregiver can come in and help her go to the restroom or whatever she needs um, to be helped with. So it's really nice to have mom in a good care facility. Uh, everything seems to be flowing well and doing really well. She's happy there. And, you know, I just thought I wanted to talk about this because it was something that sort of just snuck up on us in our life. What your thoughts are if you're dealing with this too, or if you have been through this, uh, if you have any questions. I'm certainly not an insurance expert in this area. This is all just my personal experience. So uh, if you uh, need to talk with an insurance person, I would contact an insurance agent about that who specializes in long-term care. But I just want to, you know, be out there and relate to you what's going on in our family 
how we've decided to deal with it and how things have worked out really, really well so far for us. So we're fortunate, knock on wood, that mom's doing really well, seems happy, and uh, I couldn't be more pleased with how things are going and how she is getting even better. Uh, that's just amazing. Her recovery's amazing. So um, with that, I just wanted to say, if you haven't already gone over to BeWealthyAndSmart.com to get your 21 steps to a wealthy mindset, go on over there. Everything starts in your mind. And this is all information I prepared for you, one little step each day, and it can really change your mindset from lack to wealth. So go to BeWealthyAndSmart.com and get your 21 days to a wealthy mindset. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.